What's going on, everyone? This is Matthew Bussard. Thank you for listening to If Maddie Had a Podcast. This is my show. Today, we have episode seven, the very last episode of season one. We have my very good friend, Chris Mitchell, on. We talk about what it's like being a ball player our entire lives, what it's like playing baseball in high school and college. Hope you guys really liked the episode today. Season one was a blast. 15 guests, seven episodes. I recorded this shit in five different states. I was all over the place. Huge thank you to Maggie McGlister for designing my logo. I love it. So many people love it. I've gotten so many compliments on this logo that she made for me. Appreciate it so much, Maggie. Huge thank you to all the season one guests as well. I had a lot of fun with you guys. Check us out on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is If Maddie Had a Podcast. Go over there. Check out some funny clips of the season. Without further ado, Chris Mitchell. All right, we now welcome on one of my best friends, Chris Mitchell Jr. People like to call him Mez. People like to call him Chris. <laughs> depending I go by on. the paintbrush as well. That was my pitching name back in school. Because I painted <laughs> them corners, baby. <laughs> All right, so we're in Avon, Massachusetts today. We got Chris on for a little bit. Chris is one of my best friends. We play college ball together. I wanted to bring him on, talk a little bit with him about what it's like being a college baseball player, what it's like playing in high school, playing at a competitive level and getting recruited, all that stuff. I want you to tell your story and then I'll share some similarities with mine. I want you to tell me when you started to really fall in love with baseball, when you really started to play at a competitive level and what it was like playing baseball around here in the Boston metro area. I mean, I've always been a baseball player. I tried to get on every team I could growing up. Come high school, I tried out for the team. In basketball, I got cut. So I knew, I was like, all right, either I work the concession stand or I grind and try to become a better baseball player. I mean, shit, I did I did work in that concession stand. Like, I made some good-ass pretzels, no lie. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, like... <laughs> ninth grade like I, I i didn't make the varsity team which coming from avon our school is 150 kids so if you weren't playing varsity as a freshman you were kind of a bitch and i felt like that i ended up going to a crossfit gym in easton i just want to get bigger and stronger because i was never big I'm, I'm still not very big i wasn't athletic either shit i was like the clumsiest kid you'll ever meet sophomore year i ended up being a team mvp i kind of fell in love with the game just because it was what i was good at junior year i thought i have enough to maybe play in the next level my head coach he said yeah you could probably get there i don't know what division senior year i ended up 11 and 0 i want to talk about the competition in high school because you were the man around school the competition kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because my story with baseball growing up best on the team of course i'm sure you were the best on the team too so elementary school playing travel ball middle school best on the team when i was a freshman in high school on opening day i saw the lineup card and i actually cried Mm. the hit that wow like i'm actually no longer the best on the team i'm not even starting the guys that i'm playing with are actually pretty damn good ball players too yeah and that was the first time in my life where i was like probably not gonna be a big leaguer like i always dreamed about because i'm sure you did too like when we were growing up i always believed that I was going to be a big leaguer and then I realized I'm not even starting as a freshman like I, yeah. I, it's just not gonna well, like, I think that hit me like when I was in college as you said I was like the man I hit and pitched every game freshman year in college first week of Florida I find out I'm pitching one game yeah I got a start but I got racked I thought I could come back Friday and get a start I didn't even get off the pine <laughs> And that, and I was just I just remember talking to my dad this is some bullshit it just hit me like a ton of bricks like you're far off 
you got to work hard. Every player kind of hits that eventually where your ego is sky high. You're one of the best on the team. You hear from the coaches. You hear from the teammates. You hear from the fans, whatever. You reach that point where you're not the guy anymore. So We're going to go with Fazio. Yeah, so. What? Makes no sense. (laughs) I don't even think Jimmy B recruited me. For those of you listening, that's our coach, yeah, Jim Brown. Coach Jim yeah. I think I sent a tape to maybe Jimmy B, Anna Maria, Becker College. Baseball recruiting, it's a little interesting in the yeah. sense that by the time you play your senior year, most colleges already have wrapped up their recruiting classes. My four years playing baseball in, at the high school level, I didn't know a single athlete who played in college. So I had no clue what the recruiting process Damn, was. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know many people that have played college baseball, so I have zero clue how any of it was done so i was getting like local attention but i had some off the field shit with my family going on so i i knew like i, I gotta go to college far away i'm kind of done with the whole family situation yeah. so i sent my film out too i said look i mean i'm not gonna play locally nate frangillo one of our good friends one of our good buddies he was actually looking at a local school called mcdaniel college in maryland mm-hmm. and they were looking at me too so i almost played with nate Either if way. if i chose to play around yeah. home yeah 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 so i had a skills tape and i had a game film tape and i sent that to as many coaches as i could i think i sent that to like a thousand different schools from that i got like 50 schools interested obviously one of them was colby sorter where i ended up the biggest thing was how much was the tuition that's another thing too about division three we weren't scholarship players either yeah i don't even think there are scholarships at d3 so for me the way that i chose colby sorter was i sent my tapes out i chose the school that had a reasonable tuition i met with broughton before i made a decision me and my dad went up 89 i had my game film kevin keith gave me a tour i don't know i've never seen anything like it before i'm i'm from avon i don't know what the mountains are like and partying i've never been to a party i've never even seen a bear camp for all i know <laughs> so like i was like shit coach said yeah i could probably play as a sophomore or whatever like this team seems like they're pretty good i thought why not let's go csc tell me what it was like when you first got on a campus that fall so that was the fall of 2013 yeah practicing for the first time and your initial thoughts to maybe meeting me or Nate or Fazio or some other guys in our class well like I remember we had like a pretty decent sized freshman class yeah we did yeah Yeah, you're right yeah you're right nine or ten guys I remember I was super overwhelmed I don't know it, it was definitely like a weird experience like seeing how well I guess run it was at a d3 school I remember Nate was my dorm partner all the freshmen were chill you could just tell like we're all concerned about getting our own playing time. You don't go to a D3 school to sit pine. And going back on the recruiting, it's kind of funny saying this because my college career was just an absolute stinker. Yeah. I had a lot of preferred D1 walk-on opportunities, mm. and I said, nah, I actually want to play. Getting on campus as a freshman, the only thing I was thinking about was, okay, how am I going to play? Andy's a pretty good outfielder. Yeah, Franz, Nate Frangillo coming in, like, he was a superstar. <laughs> Funny thing about Nate. Nate, you know I love you, man. You're my brother. I thought Nate was shit when he first came on the scene. He was just a big guy. Like he, he was a he, Nate's he a was, big guy, like six two. He was two. an off the bus guy. Yeah. Like you could tell coaches were gonna eat him up because he was fast as shit. Yeah, so like, I'm just a competitive guy. I thought Nate was shit. Like I, I thought I was yeah. better than Nate in every aspect. And all of a sudden, thank God I had an infield glove of eleven and a half in my bag, and I'm getting reps at short with Vinny Monahan. Halfway between the reps, Vinny Monahan, he's literally like teaching me shortstop on the. Floor. He's like, no, man, you got to drop your back foot, bring the the ball down there. I don't know if he could tell that I just did not play shortstop in high school. (laughs) But, yeah, like he was was starting to teach me the position. I I was thinking to myself, like, why the fuck am I here? Was that before or after he jumped out of that window? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I used to smoke with that guy. 
<laughs> practice too. Like he'd pick me up because I lived in Austin. Yeah. In Austin Hall from the ball field. Yeah, you can't walk. walk that. You used to walk that. I used to walk that. Remember, you yeah, you I lived even further. I yeah. Remember, I remember the seniors would drive right past me in that car. <laughs> <laughs> Played shortstop and just not really knowing what the fuck. That was wild. It was just kind of ill run. Really wasn't much coaching. Kind of had to fend for yourself almost. There were no bullpens. Shit, I remember I, I was stressing because I couldn't get someone to catch a bullpen until I found out you can go throw your 30 pitches. You're up today. Love you, Jimmy B, if you're listening to this. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, you're a good guy and I, I appreciate you a lot. But our head coach in college had the philosophy that let me throw the freshmen out there. If they play well, yeah. maybe they can stick around in the starting lineup. And if they don't play well, yeah. they're never going to see the field again. You're 18 years old. Some of these guys are 22, maybe even 23. Nate's a fucking crazy Rumble good athlete. ball player. Yeah. Fucking went deep in his first collegiate game. Rookie of the year, his first year. Obviously, that kid made the transition to Division three yeah. with ease. But a guy like me, I showed some promise in some areas. Yeah. But overall, I wasn't very good because I would play once a week. Yeah. And sometimes I'd be good, sometimes I would be bad, but it wasn't good enough to really stick around in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's a short schedule. A lot of the times your career gets made up as a freshman in Florida. If you don't show any skill or anything, you'll be a fifth-day pitcher. You'll be a fifth outfielder. The career-defining moment for me was freshman year Florida because yeah. I got an opportunity against SUNY, and I, I did well. Yeah. And then I got another opportunity the next game. Curry, yeah. that was your start. Yeah. That was your first start. I think I played well in that game, too. And then I look at the lineup card, and I'm yeah. starting again against Bowden, I'm locked in. I know that this is kind of my moment. Like, I'm getting a string of games. Like, obviously, yeah. he's trying to see what I got. It pours a couple minutes before first pitch. We wait around because it's Florida. It could rain for a little bit, and then it could stop. Yeah, and then it could rain. Yeah, die. exactly. Right. So, the rain doesn't stop. We go back to the hotel. We change uniforms. I think we drive, like, an hour to a different town in yeah. Florida. By this time, the 10 o'clock first pitch, it's, like, 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. And I'm still penciled in. So the entire day, what I'm thinking is, holy shit, this is my moment. Like, this yeah, is no, my moment. Like, I got to do well. I got to do well. I got to do well. that for so yeah, long. You're like, right. It's mentally draining. At one yeah. point, you're like, bro, I just want to get it over with. Exactly. By the time the game rolled around, I was mentally exhausted, if not physically exhausted. Our buddy... Mike Peters, he played like shit. He knows it. I played like shit. I was over three with three strikeouts. I never saw the field again except for mop up time. It's very difficult to adjust Jimmy B's opinion of you. Andrew Clay, for example, will always be known in Jimmy B's eyes as the wild guy. Yeah. He has a huge, wicked live arm and good stuff, but he just can't throw strikes, and that'll always be him. He could be on a tear, but that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Jimmy B will never have that trust in you. The problem with that program is the only way you're going to be successful is if you go out and be successful on your own. Jimmy B isn't going to help you be successful. Like, the ATs aren't going to help you be successful. Yeah. Like, if you don't have good leadership, you weren't going to do well. And you could see it from our record. Bro, I'll never forget my freshman year. I come in. It's our first winter practice. Jimmy B says pitchers go up to the weight room. And I'm like, oh, shit, let's go. We're about to show what we can do. Like, let's go lift. Our three starting pitchers, our senior guys, our aces, grab magazines and say, time to surf. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, we're not going to get better? No, we're going to look at magazines. I was, like, so off-put by that. Like, these yeah. are seniors. Yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah. freshman. I'm like, I guess I'll do this, too. I didn't want to do it. It was just garbage. It was tough to respect pitchers because the outfielders ran like dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, we, sure. Pitchers but, would run, too, when, like, yeah. Bobby Madden would decide to throw at Broughton. Like, <laughs> like, I'm going to throw one right at his head, baby. <laughs> that was brutal. We got to talk about this because this is – one of the craziest stories about our college career. We got to talk about 2015. We got to talk about that season, year. Bro. So tell me what it was like at the start of 2015. So you show up on campus. It's your sophomore year. Yeah. You 
are looking to build off of your freshman success because yeah. you had a pretty decent freshman I year. I had like 20 innings or so, like pretty good for a freshman. I remember my sophomore year, damn, we had a pretty good recruiting class. Like some of the kids coming in, I was ready to make some noise and we graduated five pitchers. I was ready to get mines. And then, you know, we ha- I thought we had a really solid winter. Like to me, Rob Wallace was ca- was a pretty good captain. He had everyone kind of on a straight ship. We had that one meeting where he set expectations for everyone. I was like, okay, this is what a leader should be. And then we went to Florida. And then we came back from Florida and we kept losing. <laughs> and I remember I remember I remember I would get starts and I would just say, This we're gonna lose this fucking game. That's something that I wanted to ask you. So backtracking a little bit. Yeah, backtrack, backtrack. There's a lot of momentum going into our sophomore year, right? Yeah. So really good fall. A lot of yeah. freshmen are like, showing I thought good the promise. Cancer, the cancer seniors, they're gone. Fresh right. start, clean slate, let's go. Fresh start, clean slate, we bust our ass in the winter. Yep. And not to mention, we're coming off a disappointing year because as freshmen, we didn't even make the playoffs. Sophomore year, lot to look forward to, lot to prove. We go to Florida, and we're off to a terrible start. We have a huge delay. Our flight yep. was scheduled for like the middle of the day. I don't think our flight takes off from Manchester Airport till like midnight. We get to Florida in the middle of the night. We have to drive from the Orlando Airport to Winter Haven, which is like an hour. We get to the hotel at like 3 in the morning. We have to be up at 7 to play a doubleheader. Yeah, against a pretty good Wentworth team. And we drop those games, and we just never recover. I mean, we we drop every game in Florida. We continue to drop games. We went 0-25. We lost our first 25 games. We were probably the worst team in the NCAA. We were shit. It's tough to be worse than 0-25. Talking to a guy that actually towed the rubber and stepped on the mound, I wanted to talk to you about what it was like in your head knowing we've lost X amount of games in a row. You must have been already defeated. I would step on the mound and say, if I don't strike out every single one of these guys, we're going to lose because I have a freshman shortstop who can't field his position. I have... A friggin' catcher who's a knucklehead. It was just insane. Like, if they scored one run against me, it's over. Game's over. If you're listening, you might say that's a bitch mindset or, or that's a pussy mindset. Like, his, his mindset, season. his mindset's a defeated mindset. No, trust me. It's almost insane how we lost 25 games in a row. When you get to those games, I'm sure Mez was starting game five when we were on five. Maybe game 10 when we were on 10. Oh, I probably, game, had, game I probably had the most losses in that run. Yeah. So when you are starting games on the mound, and your team hasn't won a game, on the mound, you know you have to be perfect to just have a chance at yeah. winning. And e- even the games, like, I had one great game against Castleton. The kid pitching against me ended up throwing an eight-and-a-half-inning no-hitter. So you're having a good game, but yeah. you can't do anything because we I can't wake I up sh- the bats. Yeah, it was a 0-0 <laughs> zero, zero shutout going into the eighth inning. I remember stepping out of the eighth inning. I was like, I've never pitched this much. We're losing this game. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give up a walk-up right here, and I ended up doing it. We, we were hit, bad, We couldn't yeah. field. We couldn't pitch. And damn, we couldn't coach either. No, we were bad at every facet of the game, and people thinking, how the fuck do you lose 25 games in a row? You're shit at everything. I remember one game we were playing NEC towards the tail end. I think we were 0-22 at that point. I remember we were playing NEC, and Coach decides to start mouthing off over some no reason. He ends up getting thrown out. We come to find out that he just got thrown out because it was cold. So even our coach didn't believe in us, like... It was just like top bottom trash. I'm from the DC area. I know that you're from around Boston. You grew up around here. I never understood the fact that our games are getting snowed out. Yeah. 
what the fuck is going yeah. on? Yeah. Even me, too. Like, our high school season was kind of later, too. And then <laughs> next thing you know, I'm shoveling the field. <laughs> yeah, we had to shovel the field. <laughs> I'm on field duty. <laughs> we had to shovel the fucking field. Like, Good news, so I'm we'd with get Peters a- and JG. <laughs> I'm going to get a ton done. <laughs> I'm, oh, great. I'm with Peters, JG, and Baus. <laughs> Don't worry, boys. I got you. Oh, my God. My phone would vibrate. I checked the fucking notification. It's from Coach Broen. You're on on the field with Frangelo, Wiley. (laughs) You guys are going to be shoveling the backstop. Like, that's that. my freshman year. That's how I knew. I was like, I don't know if I signed up for this. (laughs) That was so bullshit, bro. The fucking field Yeah. I was like, bro, can we get a snowblower out on this motherfucker? This shit is straight ice. That shit was the worst, dude. I remember, like, we, we some days we wouldn't even practice. Owen 25, you're right. We should have made a documentary about it. That happened now on Netflix. We'd be on Last Chance Eve. Back when I was 19 years old, I woke up and I said, I want to film this season. Yeah. I'm getting all this footage from the first practice that we have in January yeah. all the way until I have actually footage of us at the Manchester airport. Yeah, like, yeah. before we go to Florida, it might have been because we got into the hotel late. And we got up at 7 o'clock to go play a doubleheader against Wentworth. I obviously had my camera equipment with me. I had my GoPro, my cameras, all that stuff. Yeah. I was ready to go. For whatever reason, I stopped filming. Imagine if I kept filming and I was able to get footage of every game on field and behind yeah, the scenes no, it w- it of us being 0-25. That is the one regret I have. Like, I think that that... If I could create a documentary of us being the worst baseball team in the country, because oh. we were, yeah. I just didn't document that. I stopped filming. Hmm. If I continued to film, that would have banged. That would have been yeah. incredible. We would eat before the game sometimes. You would see, bro, we didn't even want to play. No. Like, shit, I don't want to go play in this 50-degree weather. Freeze my balls bro, off it, and lose it wasn't by 40. Even, it wasn't even New Hampshire. Yeah. It was Johnson & Wales in Providence. Providence, Rhode Island. Johnson & Wales, we took a bus... On a Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. I didn't get breakfast that day. We took a bus down from New London, New Hampshire, Providence, Rhode Island. It's about a three-hour drive. We played Johnson & Wales. It's 40 degrees. I can't feel my hands taking pregame BP. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when I knew, like, this is fucking shit. Like, I can't even fucking grip the bat. It's so (laughs) fucking cold. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was in in my stupid mind. I was like, shit, I might get in this game. (laughs) No. I didn't sniff the field. I think I had that nice Kobe Sawyer jacket, that Nike jacket, the $220 one. (laughs) Right now, do you like to see the team do well? Are you salty towards the team? Are you salty towards bro? Are you a proud alumnus of Kobe Sawyer baseball? No. Yeah, no, me neither. No, no. I got to take some accountability and realize that when I stepped on the field and it was my moment, I didn't live up to it. Mm -hmm. And I choked away a lot of opportunities. But I think playing on that team as a whole, it's very unsettling. I'm very happy I was able to play at the collegiate level. Yeah. But I feel like there was a lot left on the table. We could have won a lot more games. I could have played a lot better. And it's kind of a recipe for disaster when I look at it. And it's something that still bothers me. Maybe it goes back to, did I choose the right school? Yeah. But I didn't fucking perform. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me. Like, I, it's something I've actually struggled with. How come when I see them do well, I'm not happy? How come when I see them do bad, I'm excited almost? Like you said, like, I think it's a perfect way to say it. I think I left some stuff on the table. I thought I gave it everything I had. And it's sad to say, like, not even my senior year, we made the playoffs. Like, I never pitched in a NAC playoff game. I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but definitely animosity towards yeah. future success. If the current Colby Sawyer baseball team performed I mean, like, why well... Then? 
Like why? And they actually won a lot of games and, and had postseason success. I would be ripshit. I would say, why the fuck them and not me? I took the fucking bus to all those fucking games that we lost 25 games in a row to. Yeah. I sat the fucking bench. Bro, we put our I in. fucking took that L 25 times in a row just like you and just like everyone else. Yeah. That doesn't provide much closure for me. Like, who's to blame? Was it my fault? That's something we all got to live with, right? It's really one through nine. Yeah. I really do think everyone could have been a little bit better. We didn't win many games. It was tough. And the nice part about Colby Sawyer, I had a lot of fun. I'm sure you had a lot of fun. There were some very enjoyable moments. It was a very close-knit community. Like, shit, we got some some really solid boys that we hang out with and chill with. Throw away my career. Like, I'm glad I have that. How was it for you being a student athlete in college? Was it challenging? Was it easy? How was your experience balancing your studies with your sport? I think Colby Sawyer like wasn't academically that challenging. You definitely had your difficult classes, but the best part about being a student athlete was just being a part of the team. Wait, so you didn't find that ten page Captain America essay challenging? Miss <laughs> Berghorn, if you're watching that Captain America essay was hard as shit, but I gave it my all. She um, was a fucking bitch for that. Donna Berghorn gave my boy a D plus on a Captain America ten pager, man. I told my Come girl on. I told my girl I thought my two pager references counted as part of the ten pager. <laughs> and she said, nah, that's a C minus. Okay. Win some, lose some. No, but like back to my point, being able to say you're a part of the team and like always having somewhere to sit in the calf, having somewhere to go on the weekends. I love being a part of the team. For us, playing baseball was kind of our fraternity, and that was yeah. our way of making friends. And imagine if we showed up freshman year and we didn't play baseball yeah how hard it would be to make friends if you didn't live in a dorm room that was bumping like if you lived in mckean you'd be in trouble the sober dorm for those listening, like <laughs> yeah. mckean was a sober dorm if you yeah. lived there i got you wouldn't have yeah. a very enjoyable time so funny story about how i got stuck at the sober door so it took me a while to get my videos out to coaches and actually come to a decision I ended up making my decision to go to Colby Sawyer in June of 2013. I had to make my enrollment deposit, choose my major, all of that. I took a while to decide where I was going to play ball. My uncle thought I was just being lazy. So he took the initiative to... Well, I actually chose to go to Colby Sawyer, but he took the initiative to choose my major, Mm -hmm. and he took the initiative to do the whole enrollment stuff. So what dorm do you want to live in? What you want to major in? Things like that. So I had the conversation about the major. I wanted to major in business. He said no. It's too competitive. So I chose communications and journalism. The dorm, I had no say in. So I show up to campus. I show up to McKean. I have an autistic roommate. The guy, and it sounds so shitty to say, the guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah, no, like, he was a prick. This guy was racist. He was just a mean dude. Yeah. And there was this one tick that he had. He would set his alarm for 7 a.m. It would go off. Obviously, when you're in a double, it's going to wake you up. Yeah. Get up, turn it off, and go back to sleep and wake up like two or three hours later. My guy's name was Alex. My guy was obsessed with Hitler to the nth degree. Yeah, he was like, weird, he huh? was so fucking weird. Thankfully, Fazio's roommate moved out, so I moved in with Fazio and Austin. I had a similar difficult roommate situation in that I had two roommates from Nepal. Granted, they were like some great kids. Sandip and Noir, they were good guys, but it was just difficult. I mean, I I didn't picture myself living with foreign kids, but they were chill, except for the time that Sandip threw up all over himself and woke me up. (laughs) That was a huge L. Who was the Nepali kid that got absolutely cocked and he ended up going to the hospital and getting a stomach pump? I want to say it was Depeche, and I love you, Depeche, man. Yeah, it was Depeche. It was 100% Depeche. (laughs) 
My boy just been listening. Yeah, I love Depeche. He was a really cool guy. I feel bad because those foreigners, it's the first time they're in America, first time that they get accustomed to the culture. And, yeah. and maybe they don't really drink a lot of alcohol in high school yeah. where they're from. So they show up and then welcome back weekend, they end up in the hospital <laughs> because yeah. they just- They, they end up at home. They don't, yeah. Exactly. Or they end up at bed. Exactly. I remember I had a house. We got the cops called one time. We had this party. I told all these kids, these underage kids, hide in Greeny's bedroom. The cops won't come in here. I'll protect the door. And the cops are like, is anyone else in the house? And I said, nope. And he said, all right, can you leave the house? We're going to search it. And all these kids end up getting arrested. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's on me, bro. Because I told them, I'm going to protect this doorway. This kid, Shane, ended up hiding in the chimney because he couldn't get arrested again. Oh, fuck. Yeah, bro. He, like, climbed up the chimney. Like, crazy shit. The cops would show up. To every single party almost We went to a small school There were one or two parties Going around on the weekends The cops would show up To almost every single one It was pretty common That a lot of people Would get into trouble With the New London police One of my favorite characteristics Of Kobe Sawyer though Is in the winter It would be negative degrees Out on a Saturday night And we would find out Oh Ski's having a party So people would walk To ski Which was like a mile and a half away In the freezing cold There were a lot of Saturday nights Friday nights Where I would say You know what man This is going on I studied my ass off this week It's zero degrees outside Let's go fucking make the (laughs) Yo let's go walk the dupes (laughs) What's your favorite memory About Colby Sawyer We were all boozing Like we were at the baseball house Partying I was cocked out my mind And this kid gave me a pen A little jewel I thought it was I was ripping it I was ripping the jewel Because I was hammered and yeah, I loved it. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, this jewel's sick. Blueberry, let's go. <laughs> I, c- I come to find out it was a THC pen. It was a weed pen. Oh. And I ended up on the deck, passed out, like, butt naked. I ended up <laughs> I ended up sleeping in Connor Henry's room naked. Like, shout out Connor Henry. He saved my life that night. I have a funny story. So, Mez had, I don't want to say it was, like, a, a community car, but you, yeah, he, I, he had I a lent car. It out. I lent yeah, it out. Yeah, so not a lot of us drove. Not a lot no. of us had our cars. So, he was nice enough to let us use his car. I remember one time before practice, I saw Phil. I got a haircut. I went to Sunapee. And in the Lake Sunapee parking lot, <laughs> your car wouldn't start. Yeah, I was bugging out. I was like, oh, it's probably just a battery. I had to get, the, I had to get a I fucking tow. I was freaking out. I was like, fuck, dude. Like, I, it's not my car. Like, I got I to gotta talk to coach. I'm going to mispractice. <laughs> that was stressful, bro. That car was the worst. The, it just couldn't handle the cold. <laughs> it couldn't handle its lights being left on all night. And there were days, too, where I would go and try to turn my car on, and I found out Bagonis <laughs> left my lights on all night, so I couldn't even start my car. One more time, Chris Mitchell, Mesmer, my yeah, guy. No. Thanks for having me on, bro. I appreciate you coming through. Like, Maddie drove all the way from Providence to Avon. That's like an hour ride. Give me your favorite memory from playing ball. Um, could be high school, could be college. Just your favorite beating, memory. Beating Castleton at Castleton my senior year. 1-0. Complete game. We ended up sweeping them that day. Wow. And we were hyped on the bus. We had the nicest meal at Ponderosa. Oh, we had the nicest God. buffet meal the at the Ponderosa. fucking party. Ponderosa. That place was the best. The funny thing about the Ponderosa is that we all hated it. So I liked it. The Ponderosa. <laughs> That microwave pizza? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Reminded me of the Golden Corral. We're on the bus one day. It might have been the Castleton trip. I think we actually hit the Ponderosa every time we played Castleton. All the time. This is our sophomore year. Coach is standing in front of the bus. I think he says something like, who wants to go to the Ponderosa? And I see O'Connor raise his hand. (laughs) O'Connor is sitting with me in the back. O'Connor raises his hand, and he's like, all right, we're going to the Ponderosa. I'm like, fuck. Dude, like, the only one that raised his hand. Those Ponderosa meals sat in your stomach like a rock. Oh, my God. That was a long time. I had, had like, a chicken wing, and I ate, like, half of it. 
spit out the half that the I ate tendon. on the plate. Yeah. Oh my god. It wasn't even chicken. It was bat. God, the potter was a fucking suck, man. Here's a question: What was your favorite job at Kobe Sawyer? Just a job you would work. Oh, that's Kobe. a good question. That's a good question. I like that. So, I had one work study job, and then I had a couple outside of yeah. school jobs. So, my work study job, I would sit in the equipment room. Mm-hmm. And it was my job to basically account for the items that would go in and out. And a couple things went missing. (laughs) So that was an interesting job. I made seven twenty five an hour, and (laughs) at that time, it was a lot. It was beer money. I'm grateful for that. I did not take that seriously at all, and I was a awful employee. Terrible. We had. Nice ass equipment, sweatshirts, Nike dry fit shirts. Oh, yeah. We had some really cool gear that I would just take from the equipment room, wouldn't check it out, and I would just give to friends and <laughs> teammates. I would just be like, "Hey man, you look like you need Hands, a nice baby. <laughs> hey man, you look like you need a nice sweatshirt. Like here you go. Like, um, and the seniors used to get so pissed because we did um the way that our athletic program worked is that. Whether you played baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever sport, same thing with the women. Mm. Your first year as a freshman, you would get an item. Your second year, you'd get an item. Third yeah, year, yeah. junior year, fourth year, senior year, you'd get an item. So I remember one year it was uh, one sweatshirt, one year was a fleece, one year was a blanket. Mm-hmm. I think the senior was the blanket. Yeah. I had the blanket as a freshman. <laughs> I didn't I even get the like, blanket. Like I don't people, even have the blanket. People would, uh, <laughs> I got a fucking mug. People would come over to my room and booze and, and hang out or whatever. They'd be like, the fuck you doing with that blanket? <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I'm man, a fourth like... year captain. <laughs> but uh, work study was all right. I didn't like it just because the boss was on my ass. Rightfully so, because I was a fucking asshole and I was stealing from the equipment room. Oh, yeah. Duncan was challenging. So I worked at the New London Duncan that place was popping. That place was popping. I had a really tough boss there too. She would yell at me for being slow at making coffee and and slow at at being a barista and in shit. New London. And at the grass. and yeah, and look, I mean, was I the best? No, I wasn't the best, but I mean like I wasn't taking my time. I was trying to make coffee as fast as I could. <laughs> you know, I was trying to add your flavor shots, your fucking two creams, three sugars. I was All trying to I was trying browns. to do exact I was trying to do the very best that I could. It was senior year and I was working the six AM shifts, so I was doomed to begin with. It wasn't gonna work out from the jump. Yeah. Right? I'm twenty one years old, I'm boozing every night. There's no way I can fucking do the six AM shifts. And I quit that a couple weeks in, I didn't last very long. I ended up working at Colonial, <laughs> Colonial pharmacy. pharmacy. And that job sucked. That was that was another early job. It wasn't six AM, it was eight AM and it was a lot of labor. A yeah. lot of lifting in the back. As the shipments would come in, I would have to break down the boxes, uh, sort things out, a lot of labor, a lot of shit like that. But my favorite was probably was probably Duncan. I like you could, how you could hook like, your boys up. How with gr- the, with I the, could I hooked the boys up with some coffee. Yeah, like some uh, hash browns, some hashies. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I had a yeah, few. Yeah, if I um if I was getting a C in a class and that professor walked in, I'd be like, hey, this one's on me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Try to get that grade up, maybe. <laughs> Shout out Barry Horn. All right, man, Chris, I love you, my brother. You're the fucking man. Thanks Let's for coming it. on. Thanks, bro. Absolutely.
So that was my very good buddy, Chris Mitchell. We talked about what it was like playing college ball together. We talked about what it was like going to college together. Really good seeing that, man. I wish I could see him so much more than I do. I really hope you guys like this episode as well as the first six. I think I'm going to start recording for season two around the holiday season this year. And as always, go chase your dreams. Be impressive. Check out the kid Leroy. That guy is pretty fucking good. And I will catch you guys in season two. Peace. No, no, no.